Uh, let me let me just tell you, I, we've got a, uh, we have uh, all but two members of our leadership team on the House Financial Services Committee here this morning. Uh, Ann Wagner uh, could not be here, and French Hill could not be here this morning. Uh, they're fantastic uh, parts of our leadership team. Uh, French leading uh, the AI and the FinTech Task Force, and uh, Ann uh, doing important work on the diversity and inclusion committee that, that has a pretty broad brush across corporate America, um, and both doing very fine things. I don't know what the hell they're doing this morning, but otherwise they're doing fine things. But I want to introduce and then uh, allow them to talk through uh, some of the contours of the policy within their uh, subcommittees um, in detail this morning. Um, overall, our approach is to um, either deeply engage on policy that we think can make it into law and they can have a positive impact. And that deep engagement may be mitigating really bad policy and making it less bad, or taking good policy and making it better. Um, and uh, that's strategy one. Strategy two is fight like hell to stop something that could uh, take bad policy and make it into law. And strategy three is completely ignore really stupid policy that is going nowhere and is a waste of time to spend uh, fighting a fight that does not matter. So we've got those three basic broad brush uh, choices for each markup that we've had and each of the hearings that we've had. And it's this leadership team that has dictated the terms of these hearings. Even though we can't determine the witnesses, uh, we can determine what the theme of that hearing will actually be by how each one of them leads their subcommittees and the example they provide to members of their subcommittee on how you ask smart questions, how you ask about sound policy, and how you drive a message, even if you can't drive the panel and the panel structure, if you, even if you can't ostensibly dictate the terms of the debate on that subject matter within that subcommittee. So those are the key things that this leadership th uh, team does, and I rely on them quite heavily. And so let me begin with uh, the Subcommittee on Consumer Protection and Financial Institutions, Blaine Lukemeyer, uh, who's done fantastic work so far uh, on a couple of key areas. Um, he and Steve Sivers are on, in different places on uh, marijuana banking, but they have both uh, made this a better process and better policy. Uh, Blaine has engaged deeply on beneficial ownership to make what I think is atrocious policy far less bad. Um, it, that's my way of saying it, Blaine. Um, uh, but uh, uh, Blaine, uh, I hand it over to you. And I think, uh, given the time we have, um, if you keep it to four or five minutes, uh, uh, then we can take questions. Thank you. Um, it's honored to be able to serve uh, under Patrick's leadership. He does a great job, and uh, exciting to uh, be able to do that. Unfortunately, we are in the minority, so we have uh, a little bit less of a job to do than we uh, could have if we were the majority to be able to lead and, uh, and, and do you know, a lot of better work uh, on a lot of issues. But I think if you've uh, launched our committee as a whole, you've seen uh, Maxine take uh, the tack that she's going to go after everything that's uh, industry-wide uh, in, for the benefit of and or the, you know, the, hopefully the improved consumer's position. Uh, and I think we have to sort of find a way to thwart that or at least be able to uh, present the industry side. Uh, one of them made a comment the other day that we really don't care uh, how the banks handle this issue. We only care about the consumers. And it's kind of like, really? You know, if the banks don't handle it correctly, it's going to affect the consumers in a negative way. 
So you, you, we got to connect the dots for them to be able to do that and for those uh, who are listening on, uh, on C-SPAN so that they understand that there's, there's more to this than just the consumer side. Uh, I think you saw the bill coming out uh, last week that was on the floor with the CFPB. Uh, as a perfect example, she's trying to do more liberal policy uh, on that entity. I know I've been working with um, David Scott trying to do just the, the commission bill. And we've had a 45-minute meeting with her the other day, which was 45 minutes of wasted time of my life. But uh, anyway, uh, we, we uh, really found out a lot about her from the standpoint of her unwillingness to do anything and the fact that uh, the front two rows seem to be dominating any of the conversations and in the direction of any of the issues. So uh, with that in mind, uh, we fall back, I think, uh, in our committee to the regulators. I think we fall back to them and say, how can we be helpful? To you to be able to continue to do a good job of providing oversight over the industry how can we do a good job of keeping you from being uh your hands being tied by by this group that's on the far far left and um, so i think uh, we've got a good group of regulators in place now not that they're perfect uh, not that i agree with everything they do but i think that we need to allow the industry to be able to function and i think we've got a good group that allows that to happen as Patrick said, a couple issues that I think are important that are bipartisan and have a chance to do something, if we ever get a chance to do something at all, would be beneficial ownership in CECL. Um, you know, CECL is a, is a FASB accounting standard that is an absolute disaster in my mind. Uh, I think it's an accident waiting to happen. It's a solution in search of a problem. And uh, we're going to try and fight that as best we can. But glad to answer your questions on any of that because it gets kind of deep and kind of thorny. But um, thank you, Patrick. Thank you. And then we've got our subcommittee lead on housing, community development, and insurance, Sean Duffy. Uh, Sean has taken the lead in, in this response to uh, over $100 billion in homelessness, uh, ending homelessness uh, bills that we've had. Uh, if only we thought to actually just pass a bill to end homelessness. I mean, if we'd only thought of that earlier. Uh, but also continue to work through uh, flood insurance policy. So, Sean, thanks for your leadership. I've seen the graphics. I think Maxine wants to put on an aircraft carrier. <laughs> or just one aircraft carrier we can end homelessness, everybody. That's <laughs> <laughs> great to uh, be with you guys this morning. Uh, Jim, I always appreciate uh, you putting these on and your energy and enthusiasm. You're better than a cup of coffee in the morning with your quotes, and it's uh, fantastic. It's great to work with uh, with Patrick as well. Um, I just I'm always impressed with Patrick and how well he holds his composure uh, at the hearings as he sits next to Maxine and she says some crazy things and he just kind of quietly goes along and doesn't lose his cool. Um, which well, I know you'll have a response to yours. <laughs> he does it, very, uh, he does, does it very well. I don't know when that top blows, but it hasn't blown yet uh, for Patrick. Uh, so I, so I, I have, I, in the last Congress, I had a chance to work with uh, Manuel Cleaver. He was the, uh, the, the uh, ranking member out of the chair. Lovely man. He was really great to work with. This year, I get to work with Lacey Clay, uh, who I thoroughly enjoy. And but from the two of them, they're they're they're, uh, they're they're not ideologues. They actually are somewhat transactional and want to get things done. And um, and the conversations I've had with both of them, uh, I think there's a pathway to actually move a lot of legislation. The problem always becomes Maxine and whether Maxine's going to let some of these things go uh, or or not. And this, uh, from from uh, my perspective and, and, and Patrick, I think we have a, a great shot at getting a bipartisan flood insurance bill done, getting the long-term reauthorization. Uh, we've all been reasonable. Uh, Maxine's team has been reasonable. So we have some finer, I should say finer, some larger points that we have to work through. 
uh, if uh, that's going to happen, but uh, we're making great progress. So, you know, stay, t I don't know that that's before next week, but stay tuned for, for progress on a bipartisan uh, flood bill. I'm still hopeful that we can get housing finance reform done. Now, you can think I'm crazy because I know that. When does the legislative cycle end? Here, does it end in, you know, in September? Does it end in February? Has it never started? I don't know. But at one point, it's going to end. Uh, but I think with, with what Calabria is going to do, um, I think that's going to potentially unify a, a lot of industries that have not been unified in the past and will find points to fight about. We might go, my goodness, we might be better off going with the Congress where we have a little more say than with, you know, Calabria, uh, who is, you know, riding his, his, his pony out there. Um, I don't know if that's right. Anyway, um, <laughs> and then I, so I think we can deal with affordability. I mean, I do think there's, if, if we can, if we can uh, look at, you know, how do we, how do we streamline rules and regulations? I mean, so how do we bludgeon municipalities and states Right to make sure we don't have so many ordinances and um, regulations to drive down the cost of housing, would our team be willing to spend a little more money as well? I, I mean, I think we could find a, a deal that could work for all of us. Um, and so uh, we've been working on, on Lacey with that, and I'll keep you posted, Patrick. I'm working on uh, cases for Lacey on that. So. Anyway, thank you. I'm aware. <laughs> uh, so Steve Stowers, a lead on national security, international development, monetary policy. Um, I think, Steve, you can speak. Um, uh, I think my first question to the panel will be to you and Blaine about uh, marijuana banking and the contours of that. I think that would benefit the group. So if you want to just speak to the subcommittee jurisdiction, sure. um, I will uh, have you and Blaine do a point and counterpoint on, uh, on uh, you know, Great. Smoking, well, smoking some, you know, some I, fun. I appreciate the chance to be here. Jim, thanks for doing this panel. It's always great to be a Ripon, and uh, thanks everybody for being here. Uh, it's great to work with Patrick McHenry. He's an incredible leader. I'm honored to work with this amazing leadership team, some really smart, hardworking people. And um, so in our subcommittee, we have uh, Export-Import Bank. There was a great hearing yesterday. I thought it was very productive. It moved us in the right direction. There is uh, bipartisan cooperation going on between uh, Chairwoman Waters and uh, Patrick McHenry, and uh, they're negotiating, and I feel like something's gonna happen here. You know, I think uh, we'll get that done. Uh, we'll see what the contours look like when we get through it all, but I think it'll be something that will help American jobs and help American exporters and help the American economy, and that's what the Exxon Bank is supposed to do. So I'm excited about, about that. And I think it, it'll be a package that will have meaningful reforms, so a lot of our members will be able to vote for it. I expect it to be a big bipartisan vote. Um, we also passed recently the Counter Act, um, you know, to sort of update uh, the Bank Secrecy Act, anti-money laundering stuff, finally get some cooperation between FinCEN and the, um, and the folks who give them almost a million um, reports a year, suspicious activity reports a year, and um, try to do some machine learning and automate that process so that it's meaningful and something comes out of it and we can actually see the patterns, give information back to folks. A lot of the information that was, uh, the policy that was put into that was done by previous Republican leaders on the Financial Services Committee. So 
uh, that was a very bipartisan product, and I, I think that went very, very well, and I'm glad that that's moving. Um, those are the big pieces in our uh, subcommittee. Uh, we've got a lot of work to do on uh, Export-Import Bank to get to uh, an agreed bill, but I think uh, the, our leader, Patrick McHenry's been doing a great job. I know you were in another hour and a half long meeting last night. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. And, <laughs> but he's, he's been working really hard on it, and I feel like we're going to get to a good place. Thanks for having me today. I look forward to the question and answer period. Thanks. Uh, so next up, Andy Barr, um, who is uh, leading our oversight investigations uh, component. Um, Andy and I are putting a memo out uh, today uh, outlining uh, the, the publicly sourced uh, tracking of what's been going on within our jurisdiction on investigations. Uh, this is uh, a, a tracking of what is actually in the public purview that needs to be assimilated in in a usable fashion, and so uh, Andy is taking a really strong lawyerly approach to uh, where we are with investigations um, and oversight broadly. Uh, it's been a great partner in that. So, Andy, well, thanks, Patrick and Jim and Ribbon. Thank you so much for uh, hosting. This is a great uh, venue, and I appreciate the opportunity to be with you all. Uh, Patrick's doing a great job, and and it's hard. This is not easy to be in the minority. This is our first opportunity to be in the minorities since uh, serving in Congress. Uh, we may be losing the votes, but we're not losing the fight. And that's the message I want to deliver today because, um, you know, we serve on the, the committee that is at the epicenter of capitalism in an environment in Congress where there is uh, rising uh, socialism. And certainly on our committee, it's very ironic to have uh, members of Congress who are advocating socialism on the on the capitalism committee. Uh, but we're winning the fight. We may be losing the votes, but we're, we're winning the fight, and that's uh, a tribute to Patrick's leadership. Um, you know, the, the, obviously in the oversight subcommittee, what we're, what we're uh, dealing with is investigations of the president. And the, the, there's a couple of subpoenas that have been issued for Capital One, Deutsche Bank, and then there's five other subpoenas to other financial institutions for the president's financial records. Um, the administration has intervened in those cases um, to block those subpoenas. Congress obviously has very important oversight responsibilities. It's broad. Uh, Congress's oversight uh, authority is very broad, but it's not unlimited and it is limited to legislative purposes. The problems with these overbroad subpoenas is that they're not really targeted to legislative purposes. The stated purpose for the subpoenas uh, and for the documents that are requested is Bank Secrecy Act compliance. The problem is the subpoenas deal with the administration, not just the administration, but the president's personal records dating back sometimes more than 10 years, and the president's uh, family members and other um, uh, Trump organization documents. So we're going to see whether or not uh, our committee gets engaged in that issue. On the substantive issues, we've got a couple of uh, hearings that we've dealt with. One is the um, um, CDBG DR uh, program. We had one oversight hearing on the um, the, the funding for that program. The other is um, uh, auto lending and auto uh, insurance. And 
we won that hearing uh, in terms of uh, demonstrating that you know racial discrimination is not the only reason why you have disparate uh, rates, and so we may have a do-over uh, on that. Um, the other the other thing that we're looking at uh, probably in June is um, education um, student loan servicing. So look for that in the in the coming weeks, and then. Um, uh, my uh, chairman, uh, Al Green, is focused on uh, lending discrimination, so anything in that area, uh, come talk to us. That's probably what we're going to see from Al Green. Excellent. Well, Bill Heisinga, uh, who is chair of the Capital Markets uh, Subcommittee last Congress, is now the head of the Investor Protection Entrepreneurship and Capital Markets uh, <laughs> Subcommittee. Uh, thanks, Bill. Well, they worked it in there. Uh, yes. uh, so uh, pretty much everything has been said, just hasn't been said by everybody. We're about 15, 20 minutes into this. I'm going to make it quick so we can get to questions. Um, the uh, On a personal uh, thing, well, one thing I, I do want to say, uh, Steve said that uh, he serves with some of the smartest people. I think I serve with all of the smartest people. And the, uh, the, he might have been excluding me. So, uh, the, uh, no, in all seriousness, this is a great team, and, and we have some robust, uh, uh, spirited uh, uh, conversations, arguments, but we all come together and hopefully make a better product. Uh, help make uh, Patrick be an even better leader and uh, hopefully make each other better. And I, I think we do that. And I'm, I'm really proud to be a part of this. And uh, it's been a great experience. Not in the minority. I mean, right. well, let's just be honest, the minority sucks. Uh, sorry, little dummy. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, it's, not, it's, it's not fun, as, as, they, uh, as they say. Uh, if you're uh, not at the table, you're at, on the menu, and uh, I'm tired of being on the menu. Having said that, Carolyn and I have a very good personal relationship. Um, I do truly believe in the uh, golden rule, uh, do unto others as you would have done unto you. I tried to do that when I was in the majority. Uh, she has returned that uh, so far uh, while I've been serving in the minority. That doesn't always translate up. Uh, and uh, that has made it a, a little more challenging. Uh, so things like finding out that we're having a Reg BI hearing uh, when, uh, when you know, someone from you all let us know that the hearing is going to be happening, that's probably not productive and helpful. Uh, and by the way, yes, SEC is going to be coming out with a rule today. So, you know, those kinds of things, it's hard to know exactly what direction they want to go. I know when she asked me what I would like to do, uh, I, I said, look, we, what we need to do, whether we do it en masse or whether we break it up, uh, what we did with Jobs 3.0 uh, and, uh, and, and the, uh, the productivity that we had coming out of that last Congress, we ought to be moving that stuff over to the Senate uh, because it is bipartisan. We very intentionally did not try to put poison pills uh, in there. I had reached out uh, to, uh, to a number of uh, Democrat senators and Republican senators uh, including one of my own from Michigan, uh, asking, uh, you know, are there any no-go areas for you uh, when, uh, when that was happening? And we tried to make sure that there wasn't. And uh, so hopefully we're going to be able to continue to work on, on those kinds of things. Um, I think you see a lot of pressure and, and, and some interest from Carolyn as well uh, that, uh, you know, the social justice side of using the SEC as a, as a cudgel uh, is uh, certainly high on their uh, on their list, and 
Um, you know, they tend to view five rules being good, 10 must be better, and 20, man, that's got to be awesome. Uh, so uh, we're, uh, we're, you know, we're trying to battle through that, but it is still about um, capital formation. It's about making sure that we are creating an atmosphere for uh, growth, uh, for, uh, for investors, protections uh, for those investors, uh, making sure that, uh, that the entrepreneurship can remain alive. And as, uh, as Andy, Andy points out, rightly so, I think we're the epicenter of capitalism. And I have uh, the architect of chaos herself who happens to sit on the, uh, the capital markets subcommittee and hates capital markets. So I, I, you know, there's, some, uh, there's some interesting dynamics that are happening. That was the quick Bill Huizinga, everybody. <laughs> I should have timed myself. I don't know. I, I timed everybody else. That's pretty cool. Well, we appreciate the warmth. We appreciate the warmth here. So, um, uh, so I, I want to open with two questions and then get to everyone's questions here. Uh, but I think for the benefit of this group, um, to actually get a state of play on where things are uh, with marijuana banking. Um, Schumer made news yesterday by saying that we shouldn't do a fix, it should be a whole basket of issues um, that, that, uh, that, that deal with marijuana. Um, but Steve, uh, Steve Cyrus is taking the lead on this, being from Ohio, um, how this vote breaks down on the Republican side is based off of what district you're in and what state it lies in and what are the laws of that state. And so. Our members on our side were trying to be representatives of their people in dealing with a, a district concern. So if you're in Colorado or Ohio, um, there are different contours than, say, perhaps, I don't know, randomly, North Carolina um, or Wisconsin, right? Um, so, uh, so Steve, will you give us an update on where things stand? Absolutely, and, and then, thanks. Then, uh, yes. And then I know you want Blaine to talk a little bit. So. Um, as you guys all know, um, you know, for me, this isn't really about marijuana banking. It's about making sure that we have safe banking for folks that need it. And I have some folks who aren't even in the marijuana business that are worried they're going to lose their banking relationships as a result of having some customers downstream that are in the cannabis business. So, and they're big companies that I won't name them here, but you probably already know. So uh, that's what got me involved in this. Uh, the whole point is to make this not just a marijuana banking bill. So I've been able to work with uh, Perlmutter and Heck and an amendment that Blaine offered in the committee that was ruled out of order, I think we are gonna get in the rules print uh, and that will be the um, ability to put all the choke point businesses in. So it won't be a marijuana bill in the end that comes out of the house, it'll be a choke point bill with marijuana in it. And uh, I think that will be a much more palatable place for a lot of Republicans. And it's a bill that's not just about marijuana, but it is about safety. And uh, that deal is uh, pretty much done now. It's been signed off on by all the people on the Democrat side that need to sign off on it. Uh, but because it is an amendment that was ruled out of order, it can't be done as a floor amendment. It'll have to be put in the rules print. So it looks like that's gonna happen feeling good about that, trying to count, count votes and get this to a, a number that is really comfortable. We ended up with 11 Republicans who uh, voted for it coming out of the uh, committee, uh, which was more than a lot of people thought we'd get. In fact, I thought we'd get 10 and one person surprised me and voted yes, um, which was great. 
but surprised I didn't see it too. coming, and it surprised the chairman, <laughs> or surprised uh, the ranking member, and that was not good, uh, and uh, I, I felt bad about that for that person. Uh, Blaine's going to be the one offering that choke point amendment. It's been an, an issue he's been working on a long time, so I'll turn it over to Blaine. So, uh, fine contours. Uh, you obviously feel uh, pretty good about where you stand. Uh, as Sean just said, he seems pretty happy with where he stands. I said, That's well, yeah, he's benefiting from his own medicine. Smoke them if you got them. Yeah, exactly. um, but I, I will say that Pearl Mutter has been of goodwill with yes. this, and uh, what Styrus has done uh, is, is moved this this product in a in a uh, much broader direction, thankfully, and, and Blaine's engagement as well has helped with that. So Blaine, uh, if you want to give a sort of counterpoint, but also uh, the contours of choke point. Right. Well, you know I. I've done a lot of, you know, my, my job as the uh, ranking member now, financial institutions, oversees the banks and credit unions and all those folks. And so this is a big issue to the banking community as well as uh, those folks who want to be able to sell the product that's legally uh, able to be sold in the states. The problem, as we all know, is that it's not been rescheduled yet. So technically it is a federal crime whenever you engage in this sort of activity. Um, the fact that the states have passed a bill is immaterial, in my mind. If the standpoint, the federal law still trumps state law. And I haven't found a single regulator that doesn't agree with that position. I haven't found a single attorney that doesn't agree with that position. So therefore, uh, when these folks come to me and say, hey, look, we've got the safety problem. I have a, my youngest daughter lives in Denver, so I'm very well aware of all the problems, problems that promoters got out there in Colorado. And uh, every time I go out there, I, I talk to the daughter and see once, well, how things are going out here with regards to this uh, marijuana stuff. So I'm aware of the problem. I know that there's a big concern about safety of people who do sell this, uh, but it's not a federal problem. It's a state problem. The states are the ones that screwed this up. The, the voters of these states have screwed this up. And I go to Pullman and I say, look, you want to fix the problem, go to the district committee. You now control that committee and change the scheduling of the drug. Hasn't been done. So Steve has come to me and said, hey, look, there's a chance that we can get uh, something done now with uh, Choke Point if we put this on there, which is kind of ironic from the standpoint. We're trying to make a legal business illegal. And over here with Choke Point, we're trying to make legal businesses illegal with the way that the, the uh, regulators are trying to fix this. So, but um, I think in the, in, the, in the long run, to me, if I can get Choke Point across the finish line, this is a ginormous win for us from the standpoint that uh, we have thousands and thousands of businesses out there that are affected by the choke point activities of the regulators and need some protections. And I think if we can do that, uh, it still doesn't solve, quite frankly, I, I believe, the, uh, the, the marijuana problem because you're going to have one federal law in conflict with another federal law. It's not like when we pass a, a law, it, over, it supersedes the, the previous federal law. This one is a separate law that is in conflict with another federal law. So I'm not an attorney. I don't know how that works, but as a layman, that's screwed up. So um, I think that's kind of where we're at. I'm glad to work with Steve on this. I think it's an opportunity to get choke point across the finish line. If it's helpful for the whole uh, issue, uh, let's go for it. Um, so Styrus, is the goal to actually get this uh, on the suspension calendar or under a rule bill? Well, uh, I'd like to have enough votes to put it on suspension and that would prevent some uh, complications on the floor. So we, if we can count to 290, which I hope this new um, change in the bill will allow us to do, We'll have to, we'll go to rules, do a rule print, and then probably reintroduce or do something to maybe try to get it on suspension, I think is um, the ideal way to make this happen. Right. 